And this girl in front of me turns around and she whips around and she goes, you drive a Volkswagen? (laughs) And I said, yeah, thinking, why the fuck are you chiming into this conversation? You were not a part of this, but okay, what? So yeah, I drive a Volkswagen. Well, aren't you Jewish? (laughs) And she said it in this like condescending, offensive tone. Aren't you Jewish? Yeah. Well, you know that those seats are stuffed with Jew hair. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. advise that the Literate Ape cast is recorded for adults with adult themes and language. If you are easily offended, best to cover your ears. But then why listen to a podcast, dumbass? All right. First of all, before we get into the meat of things, uh, I owe you an apology. Probably. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things is, uh, you know, I got I got shit on a little bit uh, in social media for the uh, Woody Allen uh, episode. Yeah. And here's the thing. I will say two yeah. things. I will say two things. The first thing is that the quick interpretation is that I was defending Woody Allen. If you actually listen to it, I was not defending Woody Allen. There's a difference between defending Woody Allen and simply not believing Dylan Farrow. I don't believe Dylan Farrow. I'm not defending Woody. I don't give a shit what you think about Woody. I think you're splitting hairs a little bit, but... That's fine. I'm okay. not defending Woody Allen. I'm going to watch his movies. I mean, fuck you. Purple Rose of Cairo, kiss my ass. It's no, one of the best look, movies man, ever made. I, so, I've said, the, in the in the separating the art from the artist, It's a, I understand it's a hard thing to yes. do. I struggle with it. Um, but I also believe that... You know, he's a terrible father. He was a, he's a great father, but he was a terrible husband. That is separating the art from the artist. If you can say things like that. That's fair. Yeah, and that's, but. That's fair. Go, yes. So but my apology is, and yeah. it's one of the things that was leveled at me by, uh, by uh, Brian Sweeney and Peter Kermitis was that, uh, that I bullied you. That I, that, that, that my, that it, and the thing about it is I, I saw that and I went, I just wrote a piece, what, a week ago about asking the question, what if I'm wrong? That yeah. if, we, if all of us really spent more time asking ourselves, what if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. we would be better off. So I read that and I went, my gut says, no, that was just us debating. But what if I'm wrong? And I went back and I listened to it. And I even edited the goddamn thing. And, <laughs> and that's the amazing thing is listening to it with that kind of perspective – yeah, I was a fucking bully. I didn't let you talk. I just kissed. I I was I was in full prosecutorial mode, which is funny given that I don't really care about the subject matter that much. So yeah. Um, well. So I owe you an apology. I am sorry that I turned on the aggressive debater, which is not fair to anybody. Because that if if I'd have called you and said, "Hey, before we get on there, I'm gonna fucking jam it up your ass," yeah. you would have been prepared for it. But you were like. What the fuck? So, I'm sorry. Thank you for the apology. Uh, I, I, I'm good. I'm good. Um, thank you, I know you didn't, need, you didn't need it, but I felt no. like you deserved it. So, no, you and earned that apology. Here's what's great about apologies is sometimes you don't expect them, you don't even think about them, and then they arrive and you're like, oh, this person is ahead of the game on it. Cool. All right. Whatever. So, yeah, apologies are always nice to hear. So, 
Thank you for saying so. Uh, that said, I, if you were to call me and say, all right, man, I'm going to jam it up your ass tonight, I would go, yeah, and? Because I think that... <laughs> uh, well, I, I think that you do, and I think you know this about yourself, you have a tendency to get loud and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's very Hulk of you. Yeah, it is. That the angrier you get, the stronger you become, the bigger you become. And even if you're not angry, because, yeah, you don't give a shit what happens to Woody, to Woody I Farrow. I don't give a shit about Dylan Woody Allen. Allen or, or, uh, these Woody, people. Woody Allen or Dylan Farrow. I said Woody Allen. Ruth, anyway. Ruth, Ruth Gator Binsberg. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Ruth, <laughs> um, Chadwick Bostwick. Um, That's it. Uh, but I, I think that it is the it's it's hard sometimes for you to maybe be wrong and it makes me think that you might not totally believe what you were saying on last week's episode because I think when you know you're wrong you double down a little bit and you and you hulk out just a bit more in a def- it's a defense thing I, and i think that's what it is because because i know that we've on, on other conversations and i can't pull a specific one out of my head where afterwards we'd be like you know we're both sweating we're like oh that was that was fucking heavy you know but yeah then you're like yeah i don't even really fucking believe what i was saying and i go i know that but it was this heated thing because it's a bit performative because here we are this we're is the game, yeah. You know, yeah, we're, we're, and you know, for I'll for, buy that for ill I, or I, good. But I think that's I, ultimately what happens with you is that even when you when you know that you're wrong, when you recognize it, you you panic. You know, I think that's an interesting. See, this is an interesting perception because that is not my own perception of myself. And I and and contrary to and what uh, if you're wrong? <laughs> well, there you go. Contrary to popular belief, um, I I am I think I am quite self reflective. You know, I really I do, do think you are self-reflective. I do, but really I think in the moment of things, and in think, the moment well, of things, you get in, a little blind. In the just, moment just of things, bit. I will get focused on on minutiae, sort of like splitting hairs, and I'll focus because and this is one of the things that we've never talked about. But I, you know, I was a, a national debate champion, right? Yeah, you, you knew that. Like in 1984, mm-hmm. my partner and I won the in Washington D.C. national debate champions because because you're from the 80s. I am from the fucking 80s. But one of the things that's interesting, and I hadn't thought about this until just until after I was kind of looking at this, but I realized it was one of the interesting things was that my partner was Lynn. And Lynn was maybe, I mean, this is a guy that ended up graduating high school, going to college, and and I don't know if he still does, but worked for the CIA. This guy is a fucking <laughs> Wait a minute, brain. are we supposed to know this? I know it. He's a brain. Okay, he was the smartest little fucker I ever met in my life. Now, the way we did it was, and this was how we debated, this is how we were good at it, is this guy could memorize, because the way high school debate goes Hmm. is, you know, you have your, everybody has the same topic, right? You're going to argue the same topic, and you are either affirmative or negative. And if you're affirmative, you're supporting the topic, and you have all your little note cards with all your evidence and your quotes and all your, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This is this is pre-internet, so for those of you that don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> don't you have it easy when you can Google things. We actually had to go through books and, and type out shit. Remember what if a pain in the ass that was to look shit up? Like, it was homework just to begin doing the homework. Well, here's the good <laughs> thing about it, was that Lynn, Lynn could memorize this shit. He didn't need the cards. Mm. Okay, now here's the thing. I wasn't the greatest debater with the facts, but I knew Lynn could do that. And I was I wanted to win, right? <laughs> so my job Jesus I was 
especially when we were negative. Now, when we did the affirmative, we had our, our, our role. I was the first affirmative. He was the second affirmative. We, we stuck to our script, right? Yeah. Because that yeah. was the way you did it. But when it came to negative, I would be the first negative, and I would come out and argue distraction debate. I would throw out the weirdest bullshit I could think of. Mm-hmm. I would throw out nonsense that just inflamed. And what it was, was it was just designed to take their time and make them argue bullshit, knowing full well. And Lynn, this is the thing I told Lynn, and this is the only thing he ever did that I told him to do. And he hated me for it, kind of, but he kind of loved it because it was such a fucking psych out, is that he would come up for the second negative. Now, he's the facts guy. He's going to tear their case apart with facts. And he would come out with his fucking three-by-five cards, like a stack of three-by-five cards. And he'd start going. And he would toss them over to the over to in front. And the people we were debating could see that they were blank cards that he was doing it and i said uh-huh. do this it will totally fuck them up because totally. yeah you're nailing them and this is psyops just, this it's a total this is psyops so yeah. that was that so when i get into a heavy debate it is quite difficult and this is because that's how i was trained for four fucking years in high school that was what i was trained was distraction and so i tend to do that now i will say I understand. There are there are certain topics I can I absolutely can think of right now where we've debated it where I didn't entirely buy what I was saying, but it was fun to debate. That's what Bug House was built on. Right, and that's that's fine. When it, but I when think it, that... when it comes to the Woody Allen thing, I legitimately do not, and it's not Dylan Farrow that I don't believe. It's Mia Farrow that I think is fucking psycho. So it's not that I think Dylan Farrow doesn't believe every word she's saying. I just don't think it happened. I think she was coached by a psychotic woman and has been told so many times that it happened that she just... What else are you going to do, man? If your fucking mom is telling you at seven seven years old over and over and over and over this is what happened, eventually you forget whether it happened or not. That's how memory works. If you if you See, this thing, I remember, because I'm from the 80s... <laughs> That's going to get I, old real fucking quick. I just want you to know that. <laughs> it's never going to get old for me, Dude, my friend. I'm from the 80s, too. No, you're what not. What does it not mean? Not like I am. Uh, I I'm, from came the, of I'm, age. From the, I'm from the early 90s. I came of age in these. Anyway, I remember uh, the, 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 the whole satanic uh, daycare center thing. And I don't know if you remember this. But it was like 1982, and this daycare center, I can't, I'll be honest, I can't remember. I have to look it up. But... It was a daycare center, and all of a sudden, these this mother and son are accused of taking little kids in this daycare center that they ran and practicing satanic rites. Cool. And 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 I mean, there was a fucking trial and all this shit. Yeah. And what they figured out was that none of this stuff happened. I mean, these people's lives were ruined. But and the papers ran with it because what a great fucking story! Yeah. That is some great fucking copy. But what they found out was was that the therapists were sitting in there with the kids, feeding them the things that they were saying happened, and really manipulating them to say, "Yeah, 
there was pentagrams and they touched us. And, and what was, was the benefit for the psychiatrist to say that? Who? Wh- why were they trying to get them? Like Bas- basically, and that's the thing is, I don't. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't really recall the because motive matters. Like if if yeah. if if we were to side, if I were to side with you on the Dylan Farrow, yeah. Woody Allen thing, I would go okay. So fine, yeah, Mia coached her. But what was Mia's gain for this? And the argument well, could be, well, she was yeah. she was a uh, she was you know, furious. She furious was furious at, at, at he Woody's was infidelity with his yeah, with yeah, her daughter. Yeah. Makes motive makes sense. In that I'm not buying it, but no, in that situation, yes. I think, and I again, maybe we'll we can talk about this later because I I haven't done any of the research, and doing a little research is always a good thing. Um, but from what I remember of the case, was this mother and son got into an argument with a parent. The parent didn't like what they said. The parent went to the police and said they were doing something wrong. Uh, the parent, you know, and it just, it just, it just started to kind of do that snowball, porn. yeah, that small yeah. snowball thing. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you get these therapists that have been told there's satanic shit going on. And so instead of, and I, and I, that thing is, that's why I understand sort of uh, Sweeney's perspective and and Kermitis's perspective, which is. How can you not believe her, you evil piece of shit? Well, because believing somebody is based on rationality. Watching her cry doesn't that that cannot affect the facts. And you and I talked about that. Without facts, without evidence, then it's just not it's just not something I can go with. And well, but I, here's, and what I, but here, here's, and that was here's my the point. problem. That was yeah. always my point. Yeah. That and was I think my point. this is where this is where you fail as a debater. One, it sounds like you were trained to debate by Lee Atwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and for those oh, yeah. of you who aren't familiar with Lee Atwood, he was George H.W. Bush's campaign manager, uh, who was a terrible whore. Like, he basically birthed Karl Rove. And yeah. Karl Rove is still not, at his worst, Karl Rove is not half as bad as Lee Atwood is. Now, Lee Atwood's, like, <laughs> among the worst human beings. Yeah. He's almost Roy Cohn. Almost, almost Roy almost, Cohn yeah. bad. Yeah. Not quite Roy Cohn bad, but almost. So, and, and because of your Lee Atwood training and debate uh, with Lynn, it sounds like Lynn was the Chuck D. Yeah. Who was the real rapper, the guy that was really delivering the message, and you were Flavor Flav with a big I stupid totally clock going, Look at me! Look at this! Look at this! I <laughs> was the Flavor Flav. There's no question about yeah. it. But it, but the combination, and I, and I think that that's the problem. Is made that us national when, champs. When Flavor Flav tries to deliver a really important message behind a really important, complicated topic, we all go, "The fuck, Flavor? What are you talking about?" Because his delivery system doesn't work. I think that's where. All right, it fails, and I, you know, I, that's fair enough. I, I don't know if I agree with it, but I, but I, I can, I certainly. That's one of been, been one of my examinations. Is that Jeff Smith, yeah. who's the GM of uh, the Guava West, yeah, where I worked yep. for a year and a half as a casino manager. He always said his perspective was if one per- person comes in and says, uh, you know, if one customer or guest comes in and says you're an asshole, maybe you're an asshole. If ten come in and say you're an asshole, you're an asshole. And as I've as I thought about this, I'm like, there, there, there's way more than 10. There's multiples of 10, not actually in Vegas, but definitely in Chicago, <laughs> that would say I'm an asshole. Yeah. So maybe I'm the asshole. And, 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 and this is the thing I thought was, that I think is interesting, is that not only, and maybe I am an asshole, and I'm okay with it. It doesn't really bother me that I'm an asshole. Um, but what's so interesting is how driven people from Chicago are 
to make sure everybody knows what an asshole I am. I mean, like, like it's like I haven't lived in Chicago in two years, mm-hmm. and there are people in Chicago like Sweeney, like Ramitas, who really want everybody to know what a piece of shit I am. And I'm not sure what that mania is. What have I done? What is it about me that inspires that level? Because I haven't done anything bad to these people. It's not like I went and fucking fucked their... I didn't fuck their seven-year-old daughter with my finger. I didn't do that. You know, I mean... <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I well, didn't do anything... that's good. I didn't do bad things to these people, but they have... Uh, they're just... A, they're, and I'm like, so what is it about me? And maybe it's that I'm just a complete asshole and people don't want to deal with it. I, I think that's interesting. I'm not sure I care that much, but I'm interested... Maybe it's that you're the corner of the table that always hits the funny bone. And that <laughs> that injury, it's not a serious injury. Hitting your funny bone is not as... But holy jumping Jesus Christ, doesn't it hurt? Isn't that a real... You know, and I think that's... And I don't, you know, I don't know. I am not Sweeney's brain. I'm not Peter's brain. I'm not... Bob Wilson. Yeah, yeah I'm mean, not... You, you can yeah, name a million. You know, yeah, this, maybe not a million, but maybe, maybe let's give it... 35 people in Chicago that that if they saw me on the street might spit on me. Would you spit on them? No. I mean, I'm, I have no reason to spit on these people. I There's, really don't. Come on. There's a good handful of people in Chicago that you would no, spit I'm, on if you saw them. Oh, no. Seriously, if, if I walked by and Peter Scrimita spit on me, I wouldn't spit on him. I'd just jack him. I'd fucking fist well, him in now, the hang face. On, but hang on. Let's not, let's not put any physical threats out there in the world right now. Oh, no. I mean, hey, guess what? I'm from I, the I 80s. Didn't, I didn't... Jesus. And you I didn't spit say, on me, I'm going to fucking knock your teeth out. That's well, what I'm going to do. Well, I didn't say that he spit on you. Would you spit on these other people? Forget, you know, pick any no. of those 35. No, the thing about it is, it's, and it's very interesting, and people can believe this or not, it, it's really not, I really don't care what they think, uh, is that, is that I am a grudge holder. There's no question, I'm Irish. Yeah. We, I'm we, a fucking yeah. grudge holder. And this is why, like, I've, so, you know, yeah. the people that come after you on social media, it's kind of like when, uh, when we're on the podcast and you start bringing other people up to dump on them about something, and I'm trying to pull you back. It's like, fuck it, they don't matter. It doesn't matter. They're not here. Let's not get into that shit. Oh the no! Number but of the times reason that you want me to come out and talk shit about a certain somebody, and I do won't you, do it. Do you know why I do that? Because you're Lee Atwood. No, because I know they're listening. Fuck them. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's how I. When I was in radio, we were always taught when you when you meet a listener, punch them in the dick and or titties. Mm-hmm. And then go yeah. find where their mother lives and fuck hey, their mother in front of them. You know what? You know what? That's the how number, you treat listeners. At, at, at the end of the day, the numbers don't matter. If you listen to it because you hate my guts or if you listen to it because you think I'm brilliant, it doesn't matter why you listen. I still get the numbers. I don't give a shit. Are you, so are you saying that the majority of our listeners are coming here to be offended by the dumb shit you say? No, no. I think three <laughs> people. I think three people are listening for the dumb shit I say. That's what I said. Then, the majority of our listeners. Okay, there you go. Because because I also know, and you've said this before, where there there people that have talked to you is like that. Don Hall's a pretty thoughtful guy. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you go both ways. I think that that's there you go. You know, and I can I can one hundred percent see why people might not like you, but I one hundred percent know why I love you. Yeah, and so it's like whatever. It's it's just I just it, it, I, I don't cannot wanna... understand why Dana wanted to marry you after three dates. That's still a question for the ages. But come yeah, on. You know. Look at me. You're looking at me. This is some uh, Come on. I mean, I am always impressed when I do see your arms unsheathed out of shirts. That is 
Your, your arms yeah. are really, really fucking impressive. Oh, there you spoon. go. Oh, my God, the my knees. Spoon. All right. So let's move on. Let's move on. I, 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 enough uh, psychoanalyzing of uh, an Irishman, which uh, Freud already said was impossible. I mean, I so, do think, yeah, I, I do think that uh, I would love to, like, for you to go through six months of weekly therapy. Fuck that. I'd like to see what would happen. That would be Not like gonna, an, a, 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 an interesting experiment for me to see. To, see, to, this to is the thing. This is the thing you don't seem to. And maybe we've never talked about this, but when <laughs> I was uh, in high school and when I was in college, I did plenty of therapy. Was and, it beating people up in bars? <laughs> well, I count. did that. I did that too. But no, I was required. <laughs> I was required to go to therapy in several cases. Yeah, uh, because vagar management. And, uh, oh, and I did well, go through it worked that. worked great. And, and, then, and then in both of my failed marriages, I went through massive amounts of couples therapy. And my conclusion after hundreds of hours of therapy is, man, if it works for you, fucking A. Yeah. But then again, I say the same thing about Christianity. If it works for you, fucking A. Scientology, yeah. if it works for you, fucking A. Mormonism, if you want to wear fucking magic underwear, if it works for you, fucking A. It does not work for me. I think we need to, to take a moment and step back on the insulting Mormons for their magic underpants. If they you wear magic wear, underpants. So what? So But they're not what? magic. They're just pants. Or are they? No, they're just pants, dude. What if they were magic? Would you wear magic they're, underpants? Because I would. If it's if like they I, gave me, if I could, get hey, a, if they a, gave a me special of levitation, powers, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, they don't. But if underpants of sure. levitation, yeah, I would. I would wear totally. underpants of levitation. Yeah. I, although, could we not call them underpants of levitation? We just call them leotards of or something. Because <laughs> I would wear under, a leotard of levitation uh, too. Underpants just has such a Underpants non... is what the ancient one calls them, so that's what they will... <laughs> All right, you mentioned that you had uh, nine circles of offense. Yeah, I've been thinking about offense a lot. Um, because everyone's offended all the time about everything. About there's everything. Been like There's been like this rapid fire in the last couple weeks. There's been the, the Mr. Potato Head bullshit, the Dr. Seuss bullshit, and then things to really be upset about, like... I don't know, two fucking mass shootings in a week. Which it's, which I will say, it, it, it's interesting to me, and I, I don't want to derail you, but I, it, it, this goes into our second but, topic But let's today. derail for a minute. We'll derail it for a minute. <laughs> is the, the thing about it is that what I think is interesting, because I looked up because we were going to talk about gun control and mass shootings. And you know what's interesting is that we've had two mass shootings in 2021, but do you realize that 2020 had more gun violence than any year since 1993. Yeah, it, they weren't mass shootings. They were in the house. No, they weren't actually in the house. A lot of them were just in the, the streets. The violence in the home. But there was more. There was more. Incredibly. There was yeah. Oh yeah. There was more domestic murder, domestic homicide mm -hmm. than we've had in. I mean, you know, with 93, can you call that a generation? I think you can call that a generation. Yeah. yeah. You know, yep. I mean, Absolutely. and, and, and so the idea that we just had 18 people mass shot, I understand that the mass shooting thing is fucking crazy, but far more people get killed in the hood for gang violence than, than mass shooting. So other than the, 
oh my God, this is a crazy one-off and we can't understand it, gun violence has gotten much worse in the last year and a half. I think that gun violence and mass shootings are two different sides of the coin that need to be addressed at first individually and then Tell me why. Tell me whole. why. Yeah, that, that's good. Tell me why. Because the, the gun violence that happens uh, you know, on the, the gang-riddled streets of Chicago... It's it's a oh no here it comes in a lot of instances it's a personal beef you know like you you know the person they know you right, like that's there's fair. there's I mean there are plenty you didn't go there okay you there didn't are go plenty to the place that I thought of, you were gonna go okay there are plenty of innocent bystanders that get shot. like there was that child a couple of years ago that like three year old that was just shot in the head from a of of street bullet you know like there's last, horrible shit that happens but last labor day there were 22 people that were all completely non-gang affiliated that yeah. were shot in Lawndale Lawndale I think yeah. or Oaklawn Oaklawn whatever it is that were shot and they were literally just bystanders of a gun shootout from two gang members like two fract you know and these people nobody called that a mass shooting yeah and i think that they're different like a gang shooting is is terrible all murders are, are, well, I'm not going to say all murders are bad. I mean, there's plenty of people that should be murdered, um, that I wish were murdered. Really? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, it who? Would, who do would, you want to be murdered? That's me terrible. One. I'm not encouraging anyone to do this. Let me just say that oh, on the God, record. I, I I'm wish not I encouraging blocked, anyone to do this. But I wish I, I hadn't I blocked Sweeney mind. because I want to see her Sweeney talk about what a disgusting human being you are because you think people should be murdered. I, well... I think that I, it wouldn't bother me if something were to happen to Ted Cruz. See, I can't go there. I can't. Okay. No, this, this is the thing. If I want something to happen to Ted Cruz, I want Ted Cruz to live every day with that corner of the table that gets the funny bone. I don't want him to die. I want Ted Cruz to suffer. That's more fun. Suffer's okay, that's, more fun. That's, yeah, I yeah, fun that's fair. Homicide means he's released from this mortal coil. Yeah. I want him to suffer. Yeah, that's. I guess that's fair. Well, but so back to the point that I was saying is that there's the mass shooting, like what we witnessed this week in or last Boulder week. Boulder and Atlanta. Boulder. And, and Atlanta. And we can even, let's let's throw Columbine in here and Sandy Hook. Is the issue with the mass shootings, and if you remember back, I think it was in 2000, the D.C. shooter where the son and father were driving around sniping people oh from God, the trunk that was of the forever. car. Yeah, that was forever, but yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. And th- that wasn't an automatic, or, you know, a, uh, uh, no, that was assault a assault rifle. Was a, it was a, a no, rifle. That was like it was a, a single, single shot, was a single shot sniper rifle. rifle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the problem with the, the mass shootings like we just experienced, Parkland, is is that uh, uh, it's it's random. It's going to be innocent people that are probably you know not involved in a a violent dispute that led to uh, this this uh, heightening of the violence. You know, like gang members. Like if you, I don't want to say that they deserve to die because they're gang bangers because that's not at all the case. But if you get mixed up in some terrible shit, some terrible shit's going to happen to you. These these people that were shot from the the at the massage parlors, um, they were they weren't doing anything. They were just doing their job, and they had no idea who the fuck this guy was or why he was coming after them. It was completely. So I think that's the difference: is the random 
innocence of the victims in a I mass shooting versus the more individual uh, of the the street shootings in yeah, yeah, it's Chicago specific. or Long Island. Yeah, or it's specific. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I, and I, I hear that and I get that and I... Yeah, yeah, no, and I, look, agree, I, I agree. And again, I think I, I think the gun issues need to be addressed one hundred and ten thousand percent. We've talked about this. We've written about it. Um, you know, but dealing with gang violence—that's a lot different. And and the gun violence that comes out of that is dealing with that is a lot different than dealing with the. But I don't even know their names. But the t- the two assholes from this last. Yeah, week. I don't care. That thing is, I don't care what their names are. I care, and the thing is, I don't even care what they did, and and that's the thing. And this is this is my issue. This is such a simple that the mass shooting thing is a simple thing to solve. The gang violence is a complex thing. It's to solve. very complex, yeah. And the mass shooting thing, and just go to Australia, okay? <laughs> here's the, here's the thing I think is interesting, and I wrote about this the other day. Um. In 94, and I know, I got it, Bill Clinton liked to fuck girls. He liked to fuck. <laughs> so he's a Me Too piece of shit. However, in 1994, he signed an assault weapons ban yeah. that was to last 10 years. And if you look at the statistics, mass shootings went down dramatically. And in 2004... The Republican-run GOP, the, the the Senate, let that lapse. Mm-hmm. And within a year, mass shootings had gone up 290%. These are this established fact. If you look at Australia, and I, you know, I get it, Australia is a totally different place. They're fucking crazy there. They were having problems, so they banned the sale and ownership of semi-automatic, automatic, and pump-action shotguns, as well as dramatically increase the waiting time and background checks for any gun purchase whatsoever. Yeah. And amazingly, now that not their gun violence didn't go away, but the amount yeah. of the, the drop was so significant and has continued to be, this is not a complicated issue. If you want to stop the mass shootings by crazy white guys or Islamic guys or who the fuck, mostly guys, it's almost always guys. If you want to get rid of those, the one thing, you just have to do one thing. You don't have to do a lot of things. One thing, it's the simplest thing in the world, is that you ban the sale and ownership of assault, of semi-automatic, automatic, and pump action shotguns, and you increase the waiting time on uh, background checks for every purchase in Florida to this day. If I go to if I go to Miami, yeah, and I go to a gun shop, yeah, and I say, God damn it, I want to kill somebody. Can I buy that nine millimeter handgun? They're gonna make me wait three days before I can actually take possession of my nine millimeter handgun because handgun sales in Florida require a three day waiting period. But if I look over and say, can I get that AR-15? They'll give it to me right there for the cash in my hand and I can walk out the door and blow anybody I would. Like, yeah. what the fuck? That's ridiculous. 
The problem with the inner city, the problem, and this is not just like Chicago inner city, it's Detroit inner city, it's Atlanta inner city, it's New York inner city. The problem with inner city, and this is my issue, this, uh, if I have an issue with how we approach this deal, this is everybody wants to play the black on black crime which I don't think means anything. It's, it doesn't it's, mean it, shit. It, well, it just, it's, it's a pointless thing. Yeah. And everybody wants to talk about its poverty and its marginalization. Here's the thing. If it's poverty and marginalization and it's Jim Crow laws and it's 400 years of slavery, what you're basically saying is that a drug dealer in a gang who shoots another drug dealer in a gang is so thwarted and stupid and infantile that he doesn't understand that shooting somebody is wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that these people are so marginalized that they're children. And I think that's maybe one of the most racist and bigoted perspectives you can have, is to excuse their behavior based on their circumstance. Every one of them knows. And I know some of those people from Chicago. Yeah. Every one of them knows taking a gun and shooting somebody is basically the shittiest thing you can do, but they do it anyway because it's how they get ahead. It's the ultimate. It. It's the ultimate punishment. It's that's how you. It's defending your territory. Yeah. It's you know, and and yeah. and so they know that, they, they know the power of a gun. They know the power so, that it wields. So again, I go back to it. The issue is not let's give them more money. Let's prop up their neighborhoods. The, the issue is get rid of. The guns. Yeah. If you get rid of the guns, now here's the problem we have in but America. It is. It is. You say that it's not getting... complex. It's very well, complex. It's not. No, it's not easy to do because yeah. we don't fucking do it. Well, it's no. We the thing is, don't do I'll it. go back. I'll go back to Henry Rollins, and he said something in uh, one of his uh, one man shows, his spoken word shows that I loved. He said the reason we still have all this gun violence is because we want it. Yeah. The America we have right now is the America we want. And we either like it or don't. But if we don't like it, we can do something about it. And if we don't do anything about it, then that's what, here's the problem. Here's the issue. And I get it. I think it's fascinating. And, 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 and unfortunately, and maybe this is a part of me being an asshole, I don't know. <laughs> I've been accused of being a sociopath, which I do not think I am because I've wondered before if I was. And pretty much what I understand is if you think you might be, you're probably not. Yeah. But objectively, you back up a little bit and you see many issues that come to play that prevent us from changing this thing. But none of them are insurmountable. Hmm. And so part of me believes that if we don't want it to change, it won't change. If we want it to change... It will change. Our biggest difference is that society debates just like I do. You throw your uh, you throw your Lee at uh -huh. me. Society debates the way we do because, well, okay, is it poverty or is it racism? Is it white supremacy? Is the catch-all for everything? Is it, you know, what is it? Mm -hmm. Well. The easiest thing in terms of the gun violence is it's the guns. But everybody wants to make excuses for everybody else. We're going to say that the white guy that shot up fucking 10 people in Boulder is somehow fundamentally different than the gangbanger who shoots five people on the street. But they're not. They took a gun that they got 
They took a gun. Yeah. They they aimed it at somebody. They shot them and they killed them. That is as simple as this. It's not that complicated. If you take the gun out of the equation, what are they going to throw a fucking? Uh, it, here's uh, and I I don't know even know if you've looked at it, but this is uh, and, and just because I was like so frightened because you know we've we've been here so many fucking times before about the guns, but uh, this uh, this was up on the twenty seventh. So I don't even know what that day that was, but uh, here's what I wrote. I love it. I just want to read it to you. I woke up furious. Maybe it was the dreams I could vaguely remember. Perhaps it was my overwhelming sense of shame and guilt for being a white male who owns the Harry Potter books and likes to read Quillette. <laughs> Jesus. There's a possibility it was the recollection of that one time I told a beautiful woman she looked nice and was then hauled into HR for sexual harassment. Whatever it was, I was enraged. I wanted to hurt people, hurt myself. I looked around and realized I had no weapons, nothing to inflict the kind of damage I decided the rest of the world deserved. I got busy. Lawn darts, I thought. <laughs> With like 30 lawn darts, I could wound a lot of people. I went to Walmart, no lawn darts. I went to a few sporting goods stores. Not a single fucking long dart to be had. Not even one that I could get stabby with and reuse like 30 or 40 times. The guy at the counter at the Home Depot told me that they were called jarts and they were illegal for purchase. Yeah. It turns out a couple of kids got injured by lawn darts and they were banned for sale. And at the end of it, I realized... God damn it. Why? I smacked myself on the forehead. Lawn darts, I left. I went shopping for lawn darts when I could get a portable murder machine without even law enforcement doing anything to stop me. Yeah. And that's the issue. That Yeah, 100%. You're 100% right. We're all fucking backwards and twisted up. It's I, We're so worried about protecting our children from the ills of sex on TV or, you know... Uh, I don't even know. White supremacy, which has now well, become the original sin that has no form. It's ridiculous. Well, I, I mean... It's, it exists. It exists. Yeah, let's, let's but not... I'm sorry. But I'm sorry when, when, the, when the sex-addicted crazy guy who's religious, who's so religious that he's filled with shame every day, that he can't fucking face the fact that he goes and uses prostitutes shoots up an Asian massage parlor. That's not that's not white supremacy. That's that's religious mania, which is a whole different problem in this country than white supremacy. Yeah. That's religious mania. If this guy is so filled with shame for having sex for money, that is totally separate yeah. from white supremacy. But the second it happened, it's like boom, white supremacy. It's like guys. Well and I, I understand why there was that knee jerk reaction because it was all, I because think, all but two whites. were Asian people. Yeah. And he was, yeah. But but how many people? And, how many people were white were in, in the, the ten that were shot in Boulder? Did I, anybody? Does any? We didn't see anything about the race of anybody that was killed in the ten from Boulder. And I looked. Nobody mentioned anything about their race, and the reason they didn't mention anything about their race because it could not, in any way, shape, or form, support the lens of white supremacy. So, of course, they're not going to mention the race. This is I mean, the thing. Here's, well, it's here's become the a problem. bugaboo. It's become yeah. a bugaboo. It's become the, the babadook or whatever that thing is. You know? It's, it's become... Like, it's, it, it, has a, it, has, it runs the risk of becoming the Jesse Smollett 
of problems. There is a serious problem with white supremacy in this country. A serious, long-standing issue with white supremacy in this problem. No question. But if you start applying white supremacy to things that aren't white supremacy related, you're you're diluting the actual problem. You're taking focus away from the actual problem. So we can deal with the white supremacy, which we must, and we need to deal with the, the religious idiocy that this kid is suffering through. Um, and we can deal with all of the other ills. We need to deal with all of them at once. And it's the overwhelming. Specifics. And we cannot... I mean, that's we the don't hard have to part. deal with these things. We I don't think we have to deal with them at once. can't just put it all into one box and label well, it as anything other than American. This is from my I believe that'll come out this afternoon. The more problems you stick under one umbrella cause, the less the specifics matter. Yeah. Everything, I mean, and... and 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 that's the thing is if we're going to blame everything on white supremacy, we're going to miss the specifics. And when we miss the specifics, we don't solve the problem. Right. And the problem is specificity the guns. matters. It, man, the problem is the guns. It's the guns. We know it's the guns. You know it's the guns. I know it's the guns. The people that love the guns know it's the guns. It's the guns. If I can go in, I'm in. I'm in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I actually did, you know, when I was writing that piece, when I was thinking about this, I did a little internet research. Mm. I can go to the sports, yeah. the sportsmanoutdoorcenter.com, located in West Virginia. And as easily as I can order a cactus back scratcher. <laughs> From Amazon and have it delivered to my door yeah. for eleven ninety nine with free delivery. I can get a brand new AR fifteen with complimentary cart complimentary rounds that come with it delivered to my house with nothing more than my driver's license number. You get free ammo? What's the name of this they, place? That's not it. There you go. Sportsmanoutdoors.com yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or Outlet Virginia. or something like that. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, uh-huh. I, I got it. That was the thing is I, yeah. I was like, all right. And I'm sure if anybody's looking at my fucking internet, they're like, who the fuck? What kind of wacko is this guy? But I was like, I wonder how easy it would be for me to buy. Yeah. Literally. And not, again, not a gun. I don't want a nine mil. I don't want to, uh, you know, if I, if, I mean, if, if I'm going to buy a gun, I'm getting a fucking, you know, dirty, hairy, 45 Magnum yeah. fucking so goddamn big. I want to have a gun that when I walk out and I pull it out, you shit your pants when you see the gun. That's what I want. You want but the Dirk Diggler of firearms. That's what I want. I want yeah. the big dick, right? Because I don't actually want to shoot the fucking thing. I just want to pull it out and have you go, God damn it, piss your pants and run away. Yeah. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. However, if I am going to buy a gun for the intent and purpose of killing as many people as I can, yeah, it's overwhelmingly, almost ridiculously, almost stupidly easy for me to order one online, I mean, I, I, that's the thing is, I, I didn't order it, right? But I, but I actually had a gun in my online cart. Jesus Christ! That's because something. I wanted, mostly because I wanted to see how, how much, how many hurdles do I have to go through? Yeah, for them to mail me a motherfucking 
automatic weapon. weapon. Yeah, because yeah, uh, there's only one reason you have one of those. Because unless you just hate deer, like really hate them, Re- and you, you don't want to eat like, it. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to eat it. You just want to shoot it full of fucking it be bullets. Destroyed. Yeah. yeah, you just want to blow it up. There's only one reason to have an automatic weapon like that. It's like, all right, so how easy would it be? And I went through the process. Yeah. I put my drive and, and okay, yes, maybe. Uh, now the FBI is looking at me. I don't know. But I put my driver's license. I wanted to see how easy, up to the point where it was, put your money on them, you know, like actually put your bank in, which I wasn't going to do. But I wanted to see at what point, and it was incredibly easy. Yeah. And my favorite one was that was my favorite thing is that you're going to get this for this is 1200 bucks. Right? God, that's so cheap. <laughs> and then I clicked, I clicked a thing, and you're not going to believe this, but it's true. You can look it up. I clicked it, and they said, you know, with this delivery, you'll get, uh, it was, uh, it's like three boxes of shells, three boxes of rounds. I don't, you know, I yeah. don't know the terminology, but that was that. But my favorite part about it was just like Amazon. If I buy that cactus back scratcher, mm-hmm. and I decide that I'm going to buy it for Dana, I have a gift card option. Mm-hmm. If I buy an AR-15 from this fucking place in West Virginia... I have a gift card option. Isn't that nice? It's fucking crazy, dude. Here, here's what's funny about this is that, and this is part of the problem. Like all of these, all of these ills that we're discussing: the white supremacy and the gun violence and uh, dis- misinformation, and all all of the things that are plaguing us as Americans today. <clears throat> You know, we have to, it's, it's like the body's bones. You know, the, the hip bone's connected to the leg bone, leg bone's connected to the foot bone, whatever the hell that song you, is. Yeah, you like you like to compare this uh, society to, to, like, the physical body. I've well, heard and, you say that before. I, I, I don't know if I agree with it, but I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Have I, have I done, I didn't realize that I did that, but I... Well, you I think and I've argued about this before. Right? Well, because... Where that's, not how, that's not how society works. It's not as simple as this is connected to this. It's more complicated, but let's I mean, go with it. I'm yeah, fine with it. But let's so we have this we have this heart disease problem. Let's call that uh mass shootings. Well, what's caused the heart disease? You know, is is it our is it our genetics? Is it our diet? Is it our weight? Is it uh you know, and then if it's our weight, that causes a lot of other things. We have bad knees, we have bad hips because our bodies carry more weight than it can handle. All these things can be connected and relate back to another or feed another problem in some other way. We have to deal with one issue while being aware that we need to solve for the others mm-hmm. as well. And, I agree. You know, it's like, it's like when, when you go to your doctor for depression, your, your, your psychiatrist for depression, and they go, here's your antidepressant meds, and you're like, yep, great, popping them like fucking Pez candy. That's fine, except there's an underlying issue is what is causing that, that depression. Is it just your genetics or is it maybe you're in a bad position at work or in a shitty marriage or yeah. um, it, it, it could be all three, right? It could just, it could yeah, just yeah, be it, your genetics. I mean, it could be a cocktail of that shit, yeah. You know, because I, kn- I know myself well enough most of the time that to, to understand my different types of depression. Sometimes I get depressed about work or about, my domestication um and i'm like okay this will pass like i'm just having like whatever i'm just having a bad week but sometimes it's like everything's going fucking great 
And I'm just... And I know that that is just the bullshit of the bad the bad blood that my that I inherited, you know? And it it but you have to deal with the things in different ways and manage them but with consideration of every other uh environmental impact that is being put upon you because it just we we have to. Yeah. Even if it's not causing a problem, you have to consider it. Well, and 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 along that lines, it's one of the things that I think and you and I've talked about this because I am an optimist despite my asshole nature in right. all ways in my my Lee that's, Atwater that debating is, style. That is one of the things, and I've said this before, that I really admire about you. And I wish Here, I was more like you in that way, that I was more of an optimist. Be, before we move on to six things, I just want to share because this has been a pretty you know, because it's pretty dismal. But I want to share a few I'm gonna share you with you how many things? How many things am I gonna share? Optimistic things. You want me to guess? Give me, give me a number. Give me a number. I got plenty. Uh, give me a number. Four. All right, four things. All right, so I'm going to give you four, th- two things that or bad things that have decreased, and two things that are good things that have increased. Okay. All right. So bad things that have de- decreased since the 1800s, which in the 1800s there were 193 countries where forced labor was legal or practiced, slavery. 193, in 1800, 193 countries had slavery. We're down to three. Yeah, progress. Um, let's see, with, with the, I'm going to find a funny one, or an interesting one. All right, no, that's actually, I don't think this is funny at all. It's kind of interesting. From 1929 to 1933, in that time period, the deaths per 10 billion passenger miles were 21,000 in airplane crashes. Wait a minute. 1929 to 1933? Who the fuck was flying then? Everybody was flying then. I mean, those were those were like biplanes and shit like that. But I mean, they had biplanes in World War One. So yeah, but but who? So twenty one thousand. But that's the thing. Is that's a perfect example. Twenty one thousand people died in the in, 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 per ten billion passenger miles in twenty twelve. There were sixteen people. Okay, so our planes are better. So our planes are better. Here, sixteen. Or here's. Let's see, I told you I had a lot. Here uh-huh. are two things, two good things that have increased over time. Um, in 1980, 58% of people got water from a protected source, like clean water. 58% of people on the clo- on the globe, mm-hmm. the entire co- world, 58% in 1980 had clean water. In 2021, it's 92% mm-hmm. have clean water. That's pretty fucking good. That's progress. Um, I'm going to find... Okay, I like this one. In 1970, 65% of girls of primary school age were in school. Worldwide. Okay. 65%. In 2021, it's 97%. Progress. 
So what I'm going to say is as bad as it is, and I understand, and I, you know, I just can't, this is the thing that buoys me. Yes, we have problems. Is it awful that we have mass shootings? Yes. Is it awful we have gang violence? Yes. Is it awful that people have access to guns? Yes. Is it solvable? Abso-fucking-lutely. Well, I, I think that it, what, what needs to be clear is that progress does not mean completion. Mm. You get... There's, there's still only, there's three only, countries. There's still three countries that have slavery. It's yeah, not going to be solved until eight percent of the global population that doesn't have clean water. How, exactly. How, what chunk of that percent is in fucking Flint, Michigan? Is a six-hour drive. Exactly. From me. But we can't forget that progress is still being made, and that what we've been doing so far, despite all the bullshit, is working. Well, and maybe we should think about that as we visit the nine circles of offense here. Dude, we're not. We'll do the nine circles of offense next week. We teed this thing up. This won't take long at all. It's it's Dude, just we've a been quick talking descent. for all month. We've been talking for an hour. Yeah, well, that's progress. We're not done right. yet, are we? All right, give me your nine circles of offense. Let's do it. As you head into the week, consider this. Because you're going to write this piece, right? Yeah. Okay. So the nine circles of offense, this is obviously based off of, um, inspired by Dante's uh, nine circles of hell. Number one, personal. You're personally offended. A party populated by, this is a party populated by individuals who brought their own grievances. Something terrible happened to them that manifested as offense, and they're there to talk about how wronged they were. They were called a name that caused them to forget that sticks and stones break bones and that humans cannot be hurt by names. This is a party, this circle, is a party that is mostly populated by high schoolers with a sizable contingency of folks born between 1973 and 1998. <laughs> Most of them are bored. <coughs> the second circle of offense is the global circle. There are injustices against groups of people and individuals the world over and against uh, and against plants, and against the air we breathe. It's, a, it's offensive that humankind does not look out for itself, its home, and its own best interests. Here, in this circle, you'll meet Greenpeace workers and old hippies who have become immune to the euphoria provided by taking mushrooms. The third circle of offense is the sexual circle. Oh. And here, Don, here is where true equality exists. <laughs> because every single unwanted sexual encounter from someone asking you out twice and you rejecting them as many times to being molested by your father to being raped by a rich swimmer behind a dumpster these are all equally offensive things equally across the board you know Num at some point we're going to have to talk about the rich swimmer uh, thing we're going to have to have a conversation about that because about Brock have you read and I know you book. hate him no. Have you read Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers? Of course I haven't. Please don't make me do this. <laughs> Fucking read the book. Because, it, because, again, the simple answer is white rich swimmer, white guy, rapes girl. Not that simple, man. It's did he, really did, not... did he rape her? Well, here's the... If you really want to get into the weeds of this, I will say... Oh, was this who Woody Allen raped, Don? Well, no. Well, no. What I will say is... She was, she had a blood alcohol, her blood alcohol. I don't like where no, this hold is going. On. I'm just saying, no, this is the thing. It's interesting. Her blood alcohol was astronomical. 
Okay. So was his. Okay. Neither one of them had any clue what they were doing. Oh, then he probably then it wasn't rape. Just like that well, time no, that I'm I was not, so blackout drunk again, and I killed three people. No, no, I don't remember it. Never no, happened. I'm not. No, that's not what I said. But I've said it's more complicated than simply this guy took a woman out and fucked her in a, an alley and got caught. That's it's not that simple. There's much more complicated. And if and that's the question that 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 is begged. If she's so drunk she can't give consent, can he be so drunk he can't have intent? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to go to prison. I'm just saying it's more complicated than the simple thing to look at. Okay. There you go. Keep going. You, what, you, you, you've gotten three. The fourth this is the longest, of offense. This is no, the it's longest not. podcast of all time. It's been 55 minutes. I know. I'll edit it down. <laughs> the, the fourth circle of offense is the perceived circle. This circle is overflowing with those who literally misheard or dramatically misinterpreted another statement. <laughs> it's almost like the offended was looking or hoping to be offended. Yeah. These people most commonly, these people most commonly originate on social media and in marriages. Yeah. Let's talk about the fifth circle. Yeah, we're social, in fifth. We're in five. So, social media. Yeah. A reserved place for those who engage in social media comment sections, wherein their level of offense ratchets up with each additional comment posted due to the multitude of folks chiming in. It's like riding a bike in sand. It's hard to get anywhere because while one comment is being written in response to a more recent comment, another one is being written in response to an older comment. A response to a response is cast and more people jump into the ongoing debate. Context gets further and further away, causing a near collapse of the rational mind. <sighs> Oof, that one's rough. Number six, altruistic. Here is where you're, where you're offended for those who take no offense. Oh, What? This is where right. people get offended for those who can't be offended. Like, I don't, I don't get offended by a lot of things. I really don't get offended by most things, yeah. But Don, thankfully, there are people out there who get offended That I'm for not us. offended? <laughs> no, they get, offend, they get offended for us. It's like... Uh, oh, it's like when I was in college and I had I just bought my first car. Daddy bought me the first car. Um, Daddy did buy you the first car with his fur money. With his first, well, he was a lawyer. With his lawyer and firm, we were very yeah. rich. Yeah, um, but I had to pay for my own monocle. That was that was the thing. Um, <laughs> but I was I, I was would, like I would <laughs> love for you to walk around with a monocle. I would you know that, that would be because you not got new glasses a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, my Rachel Maddow glasses. Yeah, they are Rachel Maddow glasses, but they look really good on you. Though they look. Do you that, think that's so? The thing. Yeah, when you wore them, I didn't say anything at the time because we were doing a podcast, but no, they look really good on you. Those are nice glasses on your oh, face. Thanks. They fit your face really nicely. Thanks. Katie really loves them. I I don't like no, them. No, no, no. The thing is, I like them, so you're you're just thinking too much about Maddo. I'm just telling you, you look really I mean, good I, at them. I look like but Maddo I would, anyway. That's but fine. I would give you I would give you a hundred dollars if you just spend the week and I and you have to you have to use your phone and video you know, like video sure. yourself. Yeah. Walking around with a fucking monocle, like going to the I, I, Starbucks I mean, I with a monocle. Like a real monocle. Like I, I'd but have, if you I were to wear a monocle, I would. That would. That's the funniest thing I can think of. Is you walking around Chicago <laughs> with a monocle on and saying, "Yes, thank you. 
I would like a Big Mac, medium <laughs> fries, and a Diet Coke. Thank you. I, w- I would like that I will look much. into finding a monocle and seeing if I can pull that off. That would make me very happy. Uh, what am I on? Number six? Uh, yeah. Number six. Right. We did that. Oh, altruistic. We're with those who are fed. Oh, I know what I was telling. So when I oh, was yes. in college, I just bought this car and I was talking, I was in, you know, like a 100 level class. I was a sophomore, um, you know, and I was talking to some person like, uh, oh yeah, I just got this car. It's a Volkswagen Golf, blah, 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 blah. And this girl in front of me turns around and she like, whips around and she goes, you drive a Volkswagen? <laughs> and I said, yeah, thinking, why the fuck are you chiming into this conversation? You were not a part of this, but okay, what? So yeah, I drive a Volkswagen. Well, aren't you Jewish? <laughs> and she said it in this like condescending, yeah. offensive tone. Aren't you Jewish? Y- yeah. Well, you know that those seats are stuffed with Jew hair. <laughs> And I said, wait that's a second. That's really offensive. Yeah, that's really kind of offensive. I don't know that they're... I, 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 I don't know that the Nazis were using Jew hair to stuff their seats in the, you know, in the 1930, 1940s Volkswagens. I don't know that they... I don't think they did. But let's just say that they did. Do you think that there's still enough Jew hair in Germany <laughs> that my 1999 Volkswagen <laughs> Golf seats... Like, yeah, we Somehow, got some old Jew- Like, come on. Yeah, that's But she a was ridiculous. so bent out of shape. So this is the altruistic. This is the, that's the kind of person you're going to find down in the altruistic circle of offense. Number seven, the patriotic circle of offense. This is dedicated viewers Ooh. and committed broadcasters and producers of cable news. They reside here. These are the folks that go to great lengths to use political differences as offensive battle tactics. This is where Dr. Seuss and the Potato Head family became polarizing. Shit that doesn't matter shit that is insane, crazy people. Uh, Number eight, the inactive circle of offense. No matter the the conversation, no matter what we're talking about, where we're talking about, when we're talking about it, no matter the conversation, the offended will find a way, often without tact or charm, to disrupt said conversation with their perceived offense. This circle is affectionately nicknamed the Debbie Downer or the Nestor Not Again circle. <laughs> no matter what. Oh, by the way, this is terrible and I <laughs> You got so it. So my there. my uh my grandfather died yesterday. Yeah, well people of color have been dying every day for 175,000 years. Yeah, I all right, well, I'm still going to miss him. Uh, the ninth circle of offense right. is God. the one where everyone's just fucking offended. Yeah. It's the darkest place on the planet, and we choose to be there because we being offended is a choice. And the nickname for this circle is America. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week is a listen. It's a podcast called The Argument. The episode is entitled, Is It Time to Cancel Cancel Culture? Give it a listen.
I like it. My first thing is an article in Wired. It's a read. It is Wired. It is by Rachel Monroe. It is called This Is What We Trained For. The subheadline is that facilities across the country, gun owners are learning tactical skills, honing their reflexes against a world of perverse threats, but preparing for battle at home. Are they calling it into being? It is a really substantive article in many parts, um, and it's about people that are not a part of the armed forces that buy guns online called This Is What We Trained For in Wired Magazine. Really fucked up reading. And, okay. uh, and along the lines of exactly what we've been talking about. This is what we trained for. Yeah, it's just, this, is, this is some dark shit, and it does, not, uh, it does not paint things well. Sounds like my kind of my article. <laughs> right up your alley, not up my alley, but I read it. My next thing is a watch. Um, I, 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 I had this for last week, too. But, you know, when you recommend something that you really feel strongly about, you got to recommend it again. Watch The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Fucking A. Fucking A, right? Um, uh, yeah. And did you yeah. hear? I, and, and along the lines of Marvel, did you hear that uh, that they they finally they finally capitulated? Black Widow? And Black Widow is going to happen in July. July. I am so. Do you know what else is happening in July? I might get to go back to the office. I'm going back to the office to work in July. Holy shit! So when are you coming to Vegas? Uh, August, maybe. I don't know. All right. All well, right, maybe when cause... it cools down. Maybe maybe October. We'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna we'll say don't happens, fucking come yeah. in August. August is hot as dick here. But, all right. Um, yeah. Yes. All right. Falcon. Mm. It's, yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It really is good. The thing about it is, and I love this, is that they're basically saying, you know what. We're going to take movie quality values, production values, script values, performance values. We're going to put it on TV. Because mm-hmm. technically it's not TV, but it is kind of TV. I love that. It's TV because it's broken up. It's broken up and it's episodic. And it's a However, really, other than Zack Snyder, it's a really long movie otherwise. Because it's six episodes. Which it's is a six, six, yeah, it's six, a six five and a half hour hours, movie. whatever yeah, it ends up yeah. being. Yeah. I agree. All right. My second thing is I want you to check out on Netflix, The Last Blockbuster. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, it is such a fun. And again, you, we make jokes about me saying I'm from the 80s, but I am from the fucking 80s. That's when I came of age. And the blockbuster date, let's go to Blockbuster, find a couple of movies, go back to my place, have some wine and pizza, and watch a movie. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. And this is a really fun documentary, not just because it's sort of a it's sort of a treatise on blockbusters in general. Yeah. It talks about why blockbusters win it. But there is actually one last motherfucking blockbuster in Bend, Oregon that still exists. And do you and not it, just love her, the manager? I love her with my heart and soul because she loves blockbusters. I love that. This is a really good documentary. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Netflix. My last thing this week is also watch The Last Blockbuster. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it... <sighs> yeah. I mean, you said it all. It said it all. And... Yeah, it, it's just, it. What, what cracked me up is when they talked about the smell of the place. Right? It, it, it does because, have a, yeah, it a, smells a blockbuster like plastic and a smell. Yeah. yeah. It was, I, it, you know, I love the blockbuster. I the, never, best, it, 
The best it, part what is I loved like about the, the, oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, the best part is at the end where they like they they hand the the people that they've interviewed the tapes, and and I could feel it and hear it oh. opening that tape, and and I forget the DVDs, forget blockbuster DVDs, because like yeah, the yeah. majority of, of was, my blockbuster experience was VHS. Was VHS, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I can still feel it in my hands, and I can still hear it in the same way that I can still feel my grandfather's hug. Well, and, and the thing about it is that people that are younger, and I get it, and, and this is not like a diss on people that are younger, that what they don't understand was there was, you know, because they can get anything they want on demand. They can get anything sure. they want. I mean, I can too, so I'm not complaining. Well, you can get a gun if you want or a cactus back scratcher. Absolutely. Um, but there was a real joy um, there was this place and Blockbuster was sort of like the place. That was the place. Mm-hmm. There was a place that you went every fucking Thursday night or Friday night. You I mean, video, video stores, video stores in general. Yeah. But Blockbuster, because of what it became, well, it was everywhere and it was, was all in one. I mean, in college, yeah. I was the manager of a fucking, uh, it was called Aardvark Video in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had, we, yes, we did have a porn room. We had a porn room. Sure. Blockbusters didn't have a porn room. Yeah. But there's something amazing, and you get a little of this from this documentary, amazing about this place where the whole purpose of the place was to check out movies that you loved. And if you and if you loved the guys and ladies that worked there, they would mm-hmm. recommend the movies. One of the my favorite sections of this documentary was when they talk about the uh, the picks, the staff yeah. picks. Zach's picks are great. Sarah's picks suck. <laughs> yeah, right. And just like I really love that, and that's something that Netflix has tried to play that game where the we recommend because you watch this other thing. Yeah. But it doesn't replace having like that fucking pimply ass motherfucking dude that stood there at the blockbuster and you'd say, yeah, um, I really liked Reanimator. Do you like Reanimator 2? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that guy, you go, okay. And then you go watch it and you go, that was fucking great. That's the guy I'm going to go to every time. There's Katie, something Katie really and I gorgeous. talked about this that, you know, because you do have the Netflix algorithm that like you'll like this or even facebook that like they know what we like um the difference is that you know if you're just farting around like what is this thing or i happen to watch a movie like katie and i are careful like if if i want to if it's my turn to pick the movie i go to my account because then it'll load up other shit i want to see it you know but God forbid I watch it on Katie's account. She starts to get the good movies, and I'm getting shit. You but know what's interesting? Just, is... It's the, it, you know, kids today, they have the same thing. They have the ability to shop for stuff, and but there is uh, the, the, the tangibility of getting up and going together and running the risk that your movie might not be there, and you have to it have might... a backup plan. Yeah, it's that fun. was the fun and, and making that was like, a fun experience. You know, like, oh yeah. shit, you know, uh, Die Hard Two, all of them are gone. Well, let me go up to the front desk and see. Do you guys have any bo- that just and, got returned? And you know? if you get if you get the movie that you wanted to see or a movie you didn't know you wanted to see, and you were like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. You also had the possibility of buying some Twizzlers, yep, some fucking Raisinets, and some Orville Redenbacher fucking popcorn, yep. and you go home, and it's the full cinema experience. You've got it all, yeah. I, I don't know why that. they didn't sell um, like frozen pizza or nachos or any of that kind of shit. Like, here is your whole night. 
Boom. In Wichita, Kansas, they sold frozen pizza. See? Like right, you know, and if you got a block, I remember that was in the I same. Remember. In the I same... remember that they had like they had like ice cream, mm-hmm. frozen pizza, and frozen burritos. I re- and hot pockets. I remember that. Oh, Jesus, yeah, we could go and do. We'd swing by the Blockbuster, then head over to the Little Caesars to pick up our pizza. Like it was, there was it the was night. A fucking night. Okay, yep. and, and well, what? And, and and I'm gonna recommend this for next week, but I want you to think about it now. Okay. Again, one of those things where it's like it's not in my queue. You know, again, it's. It, it was not recommended to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I didn't really want to watch it because I knew it was going to be sort of like some, you know, fourth wave feminist bullshit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, and I just like, oh God, I can't stand it. But I, I thought about it and it's like, I really like Amy Poehler. Huh. And yeah. I mean, I really like her. I really like her. And... While I'm not that interested in what teenage girls are up to today, this sounds interesting. <laughs> I will recommend this next week. But again, sort of like that, it was recommended to me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This was not recommended to me by Netflix. Okay. But it's on Netflix. It's called Moxie. This is mm-hmm. not my number one. I'm going to recommend it next week. Yeah. We'll talk about it next week. But Moxie is really, I found it fucking Lovely. It sounds like you're recommending Moxie right now. All right, then I'm going to go ahead. All right, so then my number one, because actually my number one was News of the World with Tom Hanks, which I love, but I'll I'll recommend that later. But the thing is, I watched it last night. Uh, it was one of those where it's like, okay, here's a, about teenage girls and finding their feminine power yeah. and creating this this zine that you know this the whole movement in the high school. And I looked at it and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, I did. It's like, yeah. uh, how much fucking the Me Too can I fucking handle? And I went, well, Amy Poehler directed it and she's in it. Mm-hmm. And, all right, let's give it a shot. And I fucking thought it was awesome. It's funny. It's meaningful. I loved it. The, the, the idea that this sort of like 2021 like teenage girl goes to her mother's shit and finds like the riot girls of mm-hmm. like the the eighties and the nineties and says, yeah. why am I not doing this? It's a fucking fun movie. I loved Moxie. So I'm recommending my number one is going to be Moxie. You convinced me. I, 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 will, I will give Moxie I a highly go. Rec- I highly recommend News of the World with Tom Hanks because it's a fucking Tom Quit Hanks. Quit cheating, B, man. We've got next they week. Don't, they, don't movie, they don't make movies like that anymore, and it's wonderful, and I love it. But Moxie's just a blast, so watch Moxie. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's, and, and, it, and, it, and, and I cried. Yes, yes. I wept at the end of a fourth wave feminist fucking film about l- teenage girls fighting their feminine power. I well, see, wept like a fucking problem, baby. Don, that's why everyone thinks you're an asshole because you're just a cuck beta who's afraid of everything and you're just you're just lashing out. That's really what I'm doing. Yeah, that's that's all it is. I'm just a big fucking baby. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. 
Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>